Hello and welcome to Life Bites, Bite Back. Today I'm going to read to you a chapter out of a book called Land of the Free by Daryl E.J. Simmons. And um, I'm going to set this up for you just a little bit. Um, I, well, first of all, I have, since becoming a published author in May, I've been a able to be invited into some other areas of the publishing industry and right now I'm currently editing some books for a few different authors. Um, This author, Daryl E.J. Simmons, he's the only one that I know personally. He has a daughter about the same age as one of my daughters and so just through interactions along along the way, we have gotten to know each other because of that. And so, um, you know, he's been a great resource for me on being able to ask a bunch of questions on the publishing process and, and different things like that. So um, he then said, <laughs> you wouldn't want to give my books a once over, would you? And so now I'm getting to edit these books for a uh, new edition release of each of them. And so um, chapter 28 in Land of the Free by Daryl E.J. Simmons and I'm going to set this up for you. The series is dealing with a serial killer in the United States who is targeting government officials. Um, and through those actions in the book, every once in a while, it will cut to a national political radio talk show um, where they talk about current events of the day. Not not all political, but it just happens when you've got something like this, when you've got a serial killer targeting um, major, you know, political government officials and you know it's gonna happen anyway it's it's a national radio talk show and um the host takes off on a monologue the entire chapter of chapter 28 now I'm not going to give you my opinion on the monologue because you, you don't need to know my opinion you need to know your opinion Um, I don't need to agree with you and you don't need to agree with me. But what I did think while I read this was it brought so many different news articles to mind over the last probably, I don't know, three or four years. And um, it just made me rethink back through things that I've heard and how it applies to this topic of what this host is is saying. And I thought it was so interesting. So... um, I'm going to read chapter 28 to you, and I'm not going to quite do it like I would do if I were narrating an audiobook, (laughs) because that just takes a whole lot more time to, you know, the professionalism and everything. I'm just reading this to you as though we are friends sitting down for the evening, and I wanted you to hear this. So, here we are. Grab your glass of sweet tea and join me. Chapter 28 in Land of the Free by Daryl E.J. Simmons. Thank you again for joining us on the Lonnie Chase program. The namesake host gravely spoken to his antique microphone. We've only got a few minutes left to this Monday morning show, and we've all spent all morning going over some of the issues that we think are the most important after this last election. But I'd like to talk to you all for just a moment about something else entirely, and that is the social contract. You see, the idea of the social contract is this. It's that we, as humans, are social animals. That we live in groups, which we call societies. 
and that in order to provide the safest, most free environment for everybody, we all surrender just a little bit of our freedoms in order to make sure that everyone lives under the fullest protection of the law. Lonnie glanced down at his notes. You see, I may have the ability to hurt you, the prerequisite skill to kill you, to take your stuff and harm your family, but I don't. Maybe the reason I don't is that Maybe the reason I don't exercise that ability is that I know it's morally wrong to do so. Maybe it's because the law prohibits those actions and so I know that there are consequences for acting out against you. Whatever the reason, I agree to limit my capacity to harm you and in turn I am afforded the same courtesy by you. And the same laws that say it is wrong for me to harm you say that it's wrong for you to harm me. That is what equal protection of the law is. Today, the program's paid subscribers could see his forlorn face fall behind the antique microphone. I am sad to report that I have reason to question the social contract and whether it even applies anymore. There are two generations of Americans on the streets right now who honestly believe that if you have something and they want it, they are entitled to it. Lonnie knew that his co-hosts could have chimed in with comments of their own at this point, but His was the only life Mike in the studio. He did not need their help in order to make his point quite the opposite. We see them in so-called social justice groups like Black Lives Matter or gay rights groups. They say things like, well, if you can't hold on to it, then you don't deserve it. And if I'm strong enough to take it from you, then it's mine by right. There's a growing number of people in America who believe that laws should protect protect them from us but not us from them. That the law should provide for them, but punish us. With these people, there can be no contract, no agreement of live and let live. Furthermore, Lonnie's energy level rose as he continued his monologue. And as if that wasn't bad enough, we have another group of people in this country. Like those I just mentioned, they have divided this nation into us and them. Like those I just mentioned, they see the law as a one-way instrument which forces others to bend to their will, but it doesn't really apply to themselves. They see themselves as rulers, and if they're allowed to freely exercise their desire to violate me or my family or our property, then I must be allowed the same freedoms against them. Otherwise, there is no social contract. Chase kept as much condescension out of his voice as possible as he continued to explain the logic behind his argument. You see, a contract is an agreement between informed, consenting parties. When any part of the government dictates to the American people what we must do, whether we as a collective agree or not, then they lose us as a consenting party. When our elected and appointed leaders act outside of the bounds of their offices, they violate our consent. When they break the law and are not punished, then there is no more equal protection under the law, which means there is no law, which again takes us into a world with no social contract. When an isolated elite minority drag us into wars where only they benefit and only we common people shed our blood, and the whole thing drags out so long that people even forget that we're fighting a war in the first place, then we have abuse. Lonnie's voice reached a renewed level of urgency. It was his signature oratory style. 
We don't have consent. When the ruling aristocracy spies on its own people, we have oppression, not consent. His speech grew even more desperate in its bid to save his audience from themselves. When a select few people control the media, limit our speech, squash dissent, run our educational institutions as centers for controlled thought and coerced ideas, when the government restricts ideals and polices which thoughts and beliefs we're allowed to have, we have tyranny, not consent. And without consent, there can be no contract. The studio's camera, which had been slowly zooming in to a tighter and tighter shot of Lonnie's face since he started his closing monologue, picked up the gleam of a fresh tear in the corner of his eye. We need to stop drawing lines around us and declaring everyone who isn't an us is them. An enemy to be hated, vilified, and raged against. He did not break down into a full-fledged cry, but gave viewers and listeners just the hint of the sadness that burned in him like a pastor whose congregants had broken his heart. The American people needs to see themselves once more as we the people, a collection of we, of individuals, people, each of whose person has inherent and equal value. (coughs) Excuse me. Not because of the color of their skin or the content of their bank account or with whom they choose to share their life, or how or where they go to the bathroom, people, all people, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. For that is the strength of America. That is the true celebration of our diversity, not in how we can make people so very different from us bow to our will, but in how strongly folks who are so different from each other can stand together. Lonnie stabbed an angry finger toward the camera and poured extra emphasis into his voice for the benefit of folks listening on the radio. You people believe that your minority status gives you the right to act out and raise trouble are making a huge mistake. Because when you rail against your neighbors in violence, you are not trying to achieve justice. You're trying to oppress the rest of us. Vengeance and violence will not undo perceived injustices. They will invite the wrath of the rest of us when we decide that we just aren't going to take it anymore. And you who think you've been oppressed but only have ever known luxury and patience will soon learn what true oppression feels like. And you will have brought it upon yourselves. And that's it. That is the whole of chapter 28. I love work that makes us think about our beliefs and what we believe and how do we best support America. For me, that chapter did that. It just, my brain just kept popping from one news article to another and, you know, how I perceive each of those stories. And we may not have the same thoughts come to our mind, but like in that chapter, it said, you know, We need to stop acting like there's an us and a them. That's the one thing I will tell you I completely agree with. We've got to stop acting like just because you're an us and I'm a them that we're enemies. We're not enemies. We are not enemies. We are we the people. So I loved that chapter. I thought it was great. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. 
So I hope you are having a great day and I hope you have a great rest of your week and I hope to see you in an episode soon. Thanks. Bye.